You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, indeed. Well, welcome in to week three of New Orleans Saints pregame coverage. Black and gold in Wisconsin to take on the Green Bay Packers today at noon. We'll have it all for you right here on WWL Saints Radio starting first take right now leading into the Bud Light countdown to kick off with the Cajun Cannon Bobby Bear, which will be coming up at 10 a.m., which will lead up to the broadcast with Deuce McAllister, Mike Haas, and Jeff Nowak on the sidelines coming to you from Green Bay. Man, oh man, Charlie, I, I heard you in your report a lot of uh, – Moves by the Saints to start this matchup. Uh, I think we kind of expected the secondary to be a, a little bit hurt and go into this matchup. We know uh, that Paulson Adebo uh, were down a player there, and obviously Marcus May suspension uh, beginning this week too. What an opportune time right now in the secondary for the black and gold. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it for a while, Steve. We always felt that the DB room was the deepest on the team. Now it's their time to go prove it, right? So you see now Jordan Howden gets just in that role. I think we've talked about Lonnie Johnson Jr. also having a, a piece to play uh, to fill in that void of Marcus May during his three-game suspension. But now Paulson and Debo popped up with a hamstring injury that I think Deuce had said that he suffered on Thursday, and that's why he didn't practice on Friday. Um, and so that popped up. He, he was officially listed as out as of yesterday. So who's going to be the next man up there? Probably we saw during the Titans game, Isaac Gatum came in. Uh, is it Yadam? I think it's Yadam, right? Yeah. Yadam. Yadam. Okay. Yadam. Whatever. Yadam. <laughs> I, I just want to get this down early on because I feel like we're going to mention his name a lot as the replacement for Paulson and Deep on the outside. Although he's questionable today, right? Yadam? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I, I I think you're going to leave Volante Taylor on the inside in the slot position just because that's where you wanted him to play after training camp. I know that he spent some time on the outside battling with Paulson and Debo, but once Debo won that battle, they still won him on the field for you know a majority of the snaps. So they move them inside. They have their best three cornerbacks on the field at the same time. But with Paulson and Debo out, that kind of changes a few things. So, yeah, I mean, as we said, it's the deepest position on the team. they got to go out and improve it. But, Steve, I want to read off this stat earlier on the show, the stat that you sent me about teams starting 3-0. I think it's very fascinating just to kind of prove how important this game is. And, you know, we're going to keep saying, like, for, for instance, last week, when they started 2-0 it was the first time since 2013. This week, if they start 3-0, it'll be the first time since 2013. And it will be that way all the way, as Jeff Nowak had tweeted out just yesterday, it will be that way all the way up until 5-0 uh, since 2013 when they started 5-0. So of the 24 teams to start 3-0 and over the last five seasons, Steve, 20 of them would go on to reach the playoffs. That is 83.3%. 41.7 of 3-0 and teams make it to at least the conference championship game. I mean, over 40%, that's a lot. And then six of the past 10 Super Bowl participants have started 3-0. and uh, So there you go. Uh, yeah, about Ugo Amade, he's also dealing with a knee issue and was listed as questionable for the matchup. It kind of makes more sense for this team to uh, elevate a few players 
like uh, Jonathan Abram, and also uh, there was another corner that they had just recently signed to the practice squad that got elevated off the top of my head now. Uh, oh, Cam Dantzler. How could I for- yeah. forget there? So, yeah, there, there's a little bit of uh, the depth will be tested today in Green Bay and Mr. Jordan Love, uh, who's I think had a pretty decent start to the season, a lot better than I thought it would have gone right now. He hasn't faced the Saints defense. No, that is very true. He Amen faced, to that. He faced the Bears and he faced the Falcons. Exactly. Who, when both teams anything, ran all over them. I'm taking. I'm not taking anything away from the Bears or the Falcons. I, actually, I will take away from the Bears because I think they're a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> they really the are. The Falcons defense. You know, we got respect for Ryan Nielsen. They have a couple former Saints on that defense as well, and they they made a lot of moves in the offseason. Jesse Bates seems to have worked out for them early on as well. Uh, that big free and signing that they gave him in the offseason but just overall like I mean Jordan Love yes he's been he's avoided the turnovers the the dreaded turnovers if you look at his touchdown to interception rate it's as good as it can get right I think it's like six to zero so he's doing really well on that front uh but his yardage isn't super impressive his passer uh completion percentage isn't super impressive it's just that he hasn't made the mistake he's been the game manager like and, and that's almost kind of what Derek Carr has been so far this season but at the same time against the Bears and the Falcons. Let's see what he does against the Saints defense, Steve. Speaking of defense, somebody got paid yesterday, huh? Yes, yes. And I, I texted you and I said, I, I think, let me actually read it out. I think because <laughs> I was very, I was very excited for Mr. Carl Granderson, who got a big extension um, and very well deserved. I mean, that was four I think my, years, 52 mil. Yes. I, I said, I sent it to you. I said, love this. <laughs> and, and that's still my thoughts. I love it. Carl Granderson. Every single time the coaches talk about him, they rave about him. This guy is a guy that's improved every single year since he was an undrafted free agent, and he's just gotten better and better and better, and they're expecting him by giving him this contract to continue to improve. He's going to be the guy on that defensive end spot for the foreseeable future. I mean, they they, – the Saints front office was scrutinized for letting Trey Hendrickson go a few years back, and he went to Cincinnati, became their premier pass rusher on a team that went to a Super Bowl and then an AFC championship game. Um, but now you look at Carl Granderson, and he's been playing really well, especially early on the season, two and a half sacks in the first two games. And I actually mentioned that in one of my morning reports. We'll see what he can do today. If I, I, I don't I actually haven't double-checked about David Bakhtiari, if he's out for this game or not. But if he isn't – I think he's questionable. He, uh, he was listed as questionable, right. but I don't know if they've officially ruled him out. I don't think that's Definitely actually haven't been, seen been that. announced yet. Um, if he plays, he's going to not be 100%. You expect Carl Granderson to have a big day. If he doesn't play – He's playing against a backup left tackle for Green Bay. You expect Carl Granderson <laughs> to have a big day. Let's eat. Yes, he just got paid. Show up. I, I I love Carl Granderson. Once again, the coaches rave about him. I love watching him work. I think he's been great early on in the season. This was supposed to be his breakout year. He's starting to break out early on. The Saints got ahead of the 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 buck, I guess you could say, by paying him early and you you know not waiting for this guy to have a, a double digit sack season before they have to give him a, a free agent contract. Really impressive too for Granderson. He got thirty five point three million dollars in guaranteed money, and that is the most by an undrafted lineman in the twenty years that contract date has been tracked by ESPN Stats and Research. So, shout out to an undrafted player getting paid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, once again, you gave the stat about undrafted free agent contracts, but I mean, he deserves it, Steve. That's what it comes down to. This is a good signing for the Saints. I love Carl Granderson, and I'm really looking forward to him being that lockdown edge rusher on the opposite of Cam Jordan for the next few years. You definitely love to see in-house talent that get you know they bring in and end up developing. And for me, definitely a constant 
uh, progression you've seen from Granderson throughout the years and his involvement, obviously, in the offense has gotten greater and greater over that time. And yet now this year, especially with a guy like Peyton Turner uh, getting hurt again and going to, uh, you know, injured reserve, uh, makes the opportunities even more, even more snaps for Granderson to contribute uh, and being more of a factor. We just got to hope a little bit of that rubs off on Isaiah Foskey, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he won the battle in camp, too. Oh, like, easily, He was right. the starting defensive end opposite of Cam Jordan. It wasn't Peyton Turner. So even though Peyton Turner did get injured, that's more of an issue for depth than I think it was for, like, challenging Carl Granderson or anything like that. Uh, but as you said, I, it's another diamond in the rough that the Saints front office found. An undrafted free agent in 2019, as he's steadily improved as he's gone on with the Saints career, and they rewarded him for it because they expect more improvement as, this, as his time goes on. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we'll get with WWL, NFL, and college football analyst Mike Dettelier for the Scouts Notebook right here on WWL Saints Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back into First Take. Yesterday we got a, a uh, LSU win, a two-lane win. Hopefully today, week three. Don't forget my Cajuns. Dude. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't leave them out as well. Uh, we're hoping to get a New Orleans Saints victory to improve the black and gold to a 3-0 and o start. Happy to welcome in Mike Dettelier at WWL NFL and College Football Analyst. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. And I guess, Mike, the talk will still all be all about the quarterback, of course, for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they've now moved on to the Jordan Love era here. And through the first two games, hasn't been too bad, but Charlie also pointed out he hasn't played any good defenses yet either. Yeah, and he sort of spit the bit last week in the fourth quarter. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, they, they had Atlanta. Uh, you know, they had him. They pulled in and Atlanta in Atlanta. Yeah, and they had to let him off the hook a little bit. But uh, really, Jordan Love has not been the issue in, Atlanta, uh, in Green Bay. I'll be honest with you. It's been their defense. They've been El Lazio. I mean, they really have. Um, you know, so, you know, with Jordan, uh, I got to see him play a lot of college football. And then he came to the Manning Passing Academy. 
and um, told me a story. We was a lightly recruited, you know, quarterback prospect. And, uh, you know, man really turned it up the last two years that he played in college. Ended up being that first-round pick. It was interesting when he came to Thibodeau, um, Pink Manning worked with him a lot. And I see he still has some of that same habit of kind of throwing the football off his tippy toes. If you watch, a lot of times when he steps up in the pocket, instead of setting his feet and throwing it, he'll rise up uh, on his toes and make that throw. And I know, man, uh, Peyton was on him about, hey, uh, you know, plant your feet and throw it. Uh, don't don't sit up on those toes because it'll change the trajectory of your throw. And I think, guys, that's what makes him a little erratic is that, man, it's a hard habit to break. I knew they wrote a song about that. The Chicago did. I heard it this weekend. I went and listened to him. So, um, <laughs> you deserve a little break, Mike. That was good for you. Yeah, yeah, for a little while, but then then it was right back to it uh, hours later. So, um, you know, it is what it is with him. Now, he's got some wheels. He can move around uh, the pocket very well, and you got to be cognizant of him taking off running the football. Uh, They've been pretty good up front along the offensive line. They've given him time to throw the ball, and I think he's gotten better with his progressions as a passer. But today, the Saints' defense is the toughest task he'll go up against, certainly early this season, uh, because who he's went up against, you know, in Chicago and in Atlanta. I thought Atlanta played well the last uh, quarter of the game, but I thought their defense was shaky uh, of almost three quarters. Uh, The Saints' defense is going to give him a lot of issues, and – you know, they had always sort of relied a little bit on the running game to take some of the pressure. Even when Aaron was there, uh, they, they were running the football pretty well. And, you know, they got some injuries in in the backfield uh, lineup-wise. A.J. Dillon's a big, big dude. But um, really, Jordan Love has not been the issue uh, for at, at uh, Green Bay at all. He, he really has played better than I thought he would play early in the season for a guy that really has had little to no experience uh, as an NFL starter. Well, I think maybe just one start he had, and that was it before this year. So um, you got a really good athlete. He does have a tendency to kind of get hot and cold. But if you watch, he sits up on those toes. And in the fourth quarter, he was up on them the entire time. Making a throw, he wasn't following through, setting his feet, following through like we had seen in the game. And he's got some good young receivers. Uh, He really does. That's the one thing they've added to the lineup uh, over the last uh, couple of drafts. They've added some really good receivers and a real good young tight end, too. Yeah, Mike, actually, that uh, perfectly into my question. So we had led up into the 2023 NFL draft by just breaking down the tight ends a lot saying that it was one of the best tight end classes that you have ever seen but I guess the Packers agreed because in the second round they take Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State third round they take Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State two guys that you were high on but Luke Musgrave specifically off to a pretty good start to the season he had a good game against Chicago he was a little bit less involved in the game against Atlanta uh, but as a rookie tight end the the biggest issue that we've heard from uh, Packers analysts is that 
specifically in the run game. These guys are really young. They're still good receivers, but they haven't kind of gotten accustomed to run blocking just yet um, and that they can get beat at the point of attack. I want to get your thoughts on both Musgrave and Kraft, two rookie tight ends that obviously we were high on entering the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah, Charlie, we talked about it. They're not used to blocking. <laughs> okay. No. They glorified receivers. Uh, that's what they did in, in college. You know, they, they were out there kind of flex uh, tight end. They weren't asked to do a lot of inline blocking. Uh, Musgrave, you know, he's got some genetics. Uh, you know, dad, uncle, both played in the National Football League, and so he gets it. Uh, now, he only played a, a game or two. Uh, a season ago, and then he gets hurt. Right. Had he not had that injury, he'd have been he'd have been a real high pick. I mean, I'm talking about first round pick type guy, uh, and early uh, because of his catching skills. He's a real skilled receiver. Runs really good routes. Gets into and out of his cuts and breaks real clean. He catches the ball out front with his hands, and then he's a dangerous athlete out into the open field where he's got some giddy-up in his step. And the same thing with Kraft. I mean, they used him a lot as a receiver. And a small college guy, but he gets it too. And he's a very similar type player. And if I've got a young quarterback, why wouldn't I pick a couple of tight ends that are big receivers and kind of aid him, especially down in distance? Uh, third down and short, red zone. Come on, you're not matching up against those guys uh, size-wise. So I'm a big fan of Musgrave. I, I thought he should have went higher than where he did, but I get it because of the injuries, uh, oh, the injury he had last year that he didn't get picked as high. But I, he's a big plus for the Packers. He's going to turn out to be an outstanding player for them. So Saints have to be cognizant of them dragging that tight end especially on third down plays over the middle where he can make a catch and move the chains. And you got to be also uh, kind of aware of his skills in the red zone where his size matchup uh, is, is considerable. And he's two really good players in Kraft and Musgrave, but uh, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of his and, uh, I think some teams made some mistakes passing on him. <laughs> Mike, you mentioned A.J. Dillon a little bit uh, to lead off. Uh, Aaron Jones right now, the other running back, obviously the main guy, questionable, didn't play last week because of a hamstring issue. We saw Dillon ended up rushing for 55 yards in week two. Uh, the Saints could you know, have it a, an advantage there if they don't have to face Jones, obviously, but Dillon is still a very capable back. Yeah, no question about it. And Aaron's a really good back. I mean, as both a runner and a receiver. AJ's different. Man, he's a big powerhouse guy. I've never seen guys with thighs that big on a running back. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, man, when you get him, you better not hit him high because he'll take you for a ride. But tough guy, north-south, got a little bit of wiggle, but that's not his strength. It's his ability to plow through. Um, in between the tackles and uh, runs eyes up. And, you know, a lot of times a bigger guy, he's got a tendency to sort of look down. But, man, he runs with his eyes up, and he is a brute runner. So you got to start. You, sim- 
similar to Derrick Henry, you can't let him get started. What you want him to do is to run sideways uh, instead of north-south. But don't let him get cranked up. And uh, he was a heavy-duty runner in college, has not been that type of guy because he's sharing the load with Aaron in the backfield with Green Bay. But, um, no, the Saints have done a really good job stopping the run. Guys, I mean, you just look at it. That's a big part of their success has been their ability early this season to slam the door in on the running game of an opponent. And, uh, you know, talked about this during the week with Tulane, that stopping the run really aids the pass rush. Because if I can put you in that third and six, third and seven situation, then I can do a lot of different things to get after the quarterback. So stopping Dylan, who I think is going to get the load today, is going to be really, really important for the Saints. But when you see him, you say, man, that's what a running back should look like in today's world, so to speak, because he's a big brute uh, of a runner, and you know what you're getting from him. It's power, and yet he's got a little bit of giddy-up in the step. Mike, on the other hand, the Packers haven't been very good at stopping the run. I know they're playing – They've just gotten done playing the Bears and the Falcons are two very run-heavy teams. But entering week three, obviously the Giants have now eclipsed them. But they were one of the three worst teams as far as total yards allowed on the ground in the entire NFL so far this season. They've given up 333 yards on the ground through the first two games. Um, You know, my math ain't great, but that's not very good. It's over 160 yards uh, per game. Now, granted, the rushing attempts have been very high. They're giving up around four and a half yards per carry. Still not very good, Mike. I think that even though the running back room is still kind of not full in shape, obviously Jamal Williams goes on the IR and Alvin Kamara is still suspended. I mean, this is the debut of Kendra Miller, as we all anticipate. Taysom Hill should still play a big role in the running game as well. It should still be a really big day for the Saints rushing attack, right? I knew I would run it at them, you know, because I saw what the Bears did, what the Falcons did. That's how the Falcons came back. They were running the ball right at them. And, man, they were moving the pile a little bit. And you look at that defense, it's littered with first-round picks, eight of them, you know. So we're doing the Monday night show, and, you know, we were talking about it and said eight first-round picks on defense. Man, that's a lot of first-round picks. But yet you look at the Saints offensive line, and that, you know, they're not the five powers there either uh, up front. So they just haven't got the production up front to stop the run. Now they get a good pass rush. And they got a couple of really good football players up front uh, in Kenny Clark, who I, I think is their best defensive player, uh, front seven player. You know, Kenny's a tough, tough guy, um, underrated. He's never going to be this double-digit pass rusher. But, man, he gives it to you each and every week. And he comes to play hard. But, you know, the edge guys, Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, who um, – he was the number one rated football player in the country when he came out of high school. Goes to Michigan, played him at defensive end, defensive tackle. He had his moments. He was a little bit up and down. And then they moved him to outside linebacker. How I slow him down, I run the football right at him. I run it right at Rashawn Gary every time I get a shot. So, man, I agree with you. Uh, I don't care if it's Kendra Miller, if it's Taysom Hill, Tony Jones. you got to run the football and not get away from it. 
uh, because you can't throw the football every down. That's silliness. Uh, you, you got to be able to establish a running game. And last week we saw the impact of Taysom being able to run the football. You flip that tape on, that is obvious. The Packers have had difficulty stopping the run. But their best player up front is Kenny Clark. I'm telling you, he's consistent, he's tough, he plays the run well, and he gives you everything he's got. Gary's the pass rusher. He's the guy that you got to watch for. Uh, when it's obvious passing downs that he's going to get some pressure. And they move him around a little bit. So you might not see him in the same spot each and every down. But how I slow him down, I run it at him. You know, I give him a fistful of it. And if it's Taysom or Tony or Kendra, it'll be interesting today because that has been the weak point of that football team. And at times, they seem a little bit miscombobulated. On the back end, when teams start to run the ball, um, you know, they start to cheat up a little bit to try to help out and run defense. Then I can hit something over the middle with them and expect the Saints to, I think, to go deep a few times on this Packer defense if they can protect Derek Carr. I think that that part of the Saints over the last two weeks has become obvious. They like to do that, and I think it happens again today. I think they try to hit it deep. Mike, looking at the Saints' defense, which has obviously been the strength of this ball club uh, for a couple of years now and obviously to start this season too. But two uh, significant names will be out today. Safety, uh, Marcus May, suspension. Three-game suspension begins with this matchup. And then we got late word uh, this week that Paulson Adebo's a bit nicked up. He won't play in this matchup. Do you think the Packers try to, you know, test this Saints secondary in this matchup? What? Well, I guess. <laughs> Man, uh, that, that's an easy one, Steve. Yeah, they're going to try to do it. Um, I'm intrigued with Jordan Howden. And I, yeah. I noticed him early uh, in the training camp period that he was a guy that he knew what to do. You could tell. It was is obvious. And the reaction from coaches to me, I'll watch that. You know, if a guy doesn't know what he's doing, man, a coach is on him a lot. You know, hey, you're supposed to be here. What what you doing, you know, floating around on this side? They weren't telling him anything. You know, they were just letting him go out there and play because he knew what he was supposed to do. Not to say he made every good decision, but he made a lot of them, and they trusted him. And when they gave Marcus May or Tyron Matthew uh, a Veterans Day off, (laughs) it was Jordan that took his spot. And uh, he's played a lot of football. And I understand why you picked him. He played free safety, strong safety, over 500 snaps on special teams. So you get it. But a real smart football player and a guy that's around the ball. And he makes takes good angles to the ball carrier in run support. That That's the other thing about him that, that you see. So um, – I'm intrigued with him because I think he's a guy that may eventually be a starter in the National Football League. Now, it's the best area for the Saints at cornerback. And, you know, with Paulson going down with the injury, you have that. Now, you got some young receivers with the Packers. But, you know, you got to attack the area where you're not sure. Inexperienced and guys that are not used to being starters. So, for Jordan Love... Um, I'm going after that. Now, can he make the play 
fair or unfair? That's how you judge quarterbacks, right? Right. Big moments, fourth quarter, being able to pull out games. He he didn't do that well last week. No, we'll take we'll take the Atlanta. fourth quarter he had in yeah, Atlanta his, his for sure. For five, what was that it? Mike? Was he didn't have a single passing yard in the fourth quarter. He didn't complete a pass. No, yeah, I think <laughs> it was like zero for five. <laughs> yeah, and so man, that that's really bad. And it's not like you know the Falcons got a big time pass rush by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so uh, I do think that they'll go after those spots that now have different people in it. Your second team, it's not next man up because uh, how you can't really judge at this stage. He hasn't played. Uh, as a starter. And I do think you'll see a lot, too, of Lonnie Johnson. Uh, you know, Lonnie's a guy that's interesting, too, because he came into this league. He was a press cover corner. Uh, he was a big, physical press cover guy. Then he got moved inside to the nickel corner. Then he got moved to dime safety. Then he was say, man, he's played all across the board. I think they'll do it a little bit by committee and maybe down in distance has something to do with that, that part with uh, Howden. But I think you're going to see a lot of Jordan Howden, Lonnie Johnson today. And uh, Lonnie's really been a good uh, gunner on special teams. And I, I give him credit that he, that wasn't something he got brought into the league that was part of the resume, but he's, he's been a really good player. Uh, and that's what they hope to have with him opposite JT Gray be the gunners on this team. And I thought he's done a really good job. So, yeah, if I'm love, I'm trying to take advantage of it. The thing with them is the injuries along their offensive line on the left side with Jenkins and David, uh, the left tackle, left guard. Man, if I'm the Saints, I'll load up there. Okay, it ain't no next man up because I do know one thing. The two best offensive linemen they have are Jenkins and Bakateri. And then you, hey, the two best guys, it ain't no next man up because the next man ain't close to those two guys. So if I, I, I try to get after him on that left side with the Saints right side of the defensive line. Mike, I think we could see another big day from Carl Granderson, who just signed that four-year, $52 million contract extension, the former 2019 undrafted free agent that's just improved year after year. I want to get your thoughts on his deal and what you expect from him today. Man, you know, watching him, and he I remember we did the interview, Steve and I and Bobby, uh, with him, and he was like, man, I, when I was out of, came out of high school, I was weighing 173 pounds hmm. playing defensive end. How many teams do you think were offering me? <laughs> and he sort of joked about it a little bit that, man, you know, at that size, he didn't have a lot of people after him. And, you know, he, he put some weight on, now he's in the 270 range. Uh, as a defensive end, you know, you, you love his uh, his motor. Man, he plays hard, and he's skilled. He got into some uh, uh, issues at Wyoming, and he would have probably been a top 110 pick had it not been for that. But, man, he has straightened out his life, and he has put the weight on that's needed, and he's been a good pass rusher. But I think even more important with the weight and the muscle – it's helped him play to run better. And he's been a really nice addition uh, for this Saints defense. And you think you got him as an undrafted free agent. And in the, rough. The last two, in the last two years, he's outplayed Marcus Davenport and Peyton Turner. Hello. Two former first-round picks. 
Yeah, it's pretty impressive, Mike, to see what Granderson's been doing. Like we've all been saying, like just to see a guy you bring in, develop, and now you know getting that big payday. Uh, always great well to, to see. You know that that gets uh, someone putting in the work and ending up, you know, getting on the positive side of things after yeah even having some negatives to start out his career yeah my thing about it is you he get out on the open market man Oof. he's gonna get a lot of man they pay defensive ends a lot of money today man you just look at davenport i think he's getting 18 million dollars uh with the vikings he's still questionable 13 yeah he's 13 and he still hasn't even played and i saw like a presser with davenport where he was like laughing about it like dude what are you what are you doing yeah this is how you endear yourself to your new fan base like these guys don't like you You, they haven't seen you play and you're just like i don't really know what i'm gonna play i mean he signed a one-year deal like i mean it's not even like he's locked down for multiple years he just doesn't want to play but carl granderson He's like the opposite. He, as you said, Mike, the high motor guy, the high intensity, a guy that's improved every single year that he's been here. The coaching staff raves about him, um, and he's got all the characteristics. And he you loves want. football. Yes, and, Charlie. But, that's the other thing. But uh, another thing, Mike, is game. that they got in front of it early because the way Carl Granderson is going right now, two and a half sacks <laughs> through two weeks, and he could have another big game today. This guy is going to reach double digit sacks this year. And as you said, Mike, the going rate for pass rushers is ginormous. So by signing him early on, locking him down, they still expect him to continue to improve like he's done every single year with the Saints. But now they have him signed and locked down with a four-year, $52 million extension. And it's a good deal for both sides. Yeah, you look at what Trey Hendrickson got. Okay, exactly. Not like he came in as a first or second round pick either. And, man, he cashed it in. You know, and the Saints, you know, thought they could get the best out of Davenport. And at times he flashed it. But we never saw it consistently. And, again, I go back to the love of the game, how much they really love this game. You see it in Carl. You hear it in it. He loves to play. The same thing like with Trey Hendrickson. He loved to play this game. Right. Uh, he, he's a gym rat, so to speak. Uh, that's part of his demeanor. And so you got to understand personalities. But in today's world, what top pass rushers when you can get eight to 12 sacks a year, and that's the potential in Granderson, you better pay him now because, man, he, he's going to break the bank if he'd hit out there in the open market. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Be hearing from you more coming up on the Bud Light Countdown to kickoff. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Mike. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. Be back with more on First Take after the break on WWL. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back in the first take, getting word that Usher will be the Super Bowl halftime show in Las Vegas this year. Charlie, you're kind of like, eh. I got to brush up he's on got my some, Usher lore. He's got some banging hits. I don't know. He's probably got a new album coming out to promote. I, yeah, I, th- I think that's actually what I was just reading is that he does, in fact, have an album coming out. And then, like, he released a single this year that I didn't really know about. And that there was, like, his first single, solo single in a couple of years. And, um, yeah, he's got a new album coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Dude, that song is almost 20 years old. Can you believe that? It's still, like I said, it's still a banger, though. It'll still get everybody hyped up, I'm sure. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about Usher, but yeah, he's, he's the guy for the Super Bowl, I guess. I was kind of joking at break with Cullen and Master Control over there. It's like, they got to have little John come out on stage with uh, them, huh? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, that's, that's like, a must collab. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, he's the Super Bowl show. So, so I, I think that'll be entertaining, at least. I, I'm neither excited nor like... <laughs> Kind annoyed. of neutral at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, hopefully the black and gold are not annoyed today <laughs> in Green Bay. Uh, the biggest problem for me going into this matchup uh, for the Saints, it's I want to see this running game get going, and this looks to be a get-right game for that considering what we've seen this Packers defense go through the first two weeks. They were pretty good last week, too. Uh, you you got to give them credit on Monday Night Football against, you know, uh, and at least, I mean, Listen, week one against the Titans, we talked about how good their defensive front is. They were great last week against the Chargers, too. There's a reason why the Chargers lost that game. They never got a run game established. Josh Kelly, now granted Austin Eckler didn't play that game. Josh Kelly's still one of the premier backup running backs in the NFL. He didn't get anything going against that Titans defensive front. I don't think a lot of teams will. Now, against the Panthers defensive front, Taysom Hill was used kind of early and often, and he had a really big game. Tony Jones Jr. kind of came out of nowhere and scored two touchdowns. I don't think anyone really anticipated that. Now, Kendra Miller's that kind of next guy up. I think with Jamal Williams going on the IR, Jamal had a lot of carries early on in that game against the Panthers before he went down with the injury. And then you look at, I think it was like nine or so early on. Kendra Miller's going to get fed early and often too. I mean, he got that extra week of rest. He's ready to go. I'm ex- I'm looking for him to probably lead the team in touches from the running back position. Looking at our Oakwin Heart Rolex time check is three hours, six minutes till a noon kickoff in Green Bay Lambeau Field. We'll be back with more first take right after this on WWL Saints Radio. Well, Charlie, for our Saints Radio crew waking up in Wisconsin, it is a chilly 64 degrees there Uh, currently. (laughs) Must be nice. And for the noon kickoff, yeah, it's supposed to be around 68 degrees, a little cloudy, only a 1% chance of rain early on. Ch- uh, the precipitation uh, opportunities, I guess, increase a little bit as the game goes along, but nothing where it looks to be playing a huge major factor. This is something, obviously, we talked about when the schedule came out of whether 
A cold weather, thankfully, not being a factor for the Saints. Mid sixties is that fall weather that I'm desperately Football hoping weather, for. Right. But, but at the same time, it's like you said, they're not playing in like some kind of ice bowl conditions. <laughs> it's not you know Lambeau Field in January or December. You're playing in in pretty nice fall conditions. It's going to be. It's a great way that the scheduling worked out is that they don't have to play in like those you know 30 degree weather temperatures. So nice. Stay tuned for the second hour first take. We'll dip into our sound bank here from Derek Carr and more right after the break on WWE. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.